Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today is a solo episode and I'm going to talk about one of my favorite topics, open book management for craft breweries. So we're going to get into the basics, what it is, what it isn't. We'll talk about how to evaluate if it makes sense for your business. Talk about some steps you can take to put this system into practice. There are a lot of steps, um, but we're going to share some starting points for you. Now, if you're interested in open book management, learning more, or even putting it into practice in your brewery, I've got two options for you. Number one is I've just created an on-demand course, the Brewery Open Book Management course, and I'll put that link in the show notes so you can check it out. And I do some consulting on this. I can help you get started, um, get you unstuck, kind of share some pitfalls and roadblocks that you may face. And obviously, I've got all sorts of models, financial models, training tools, including uh, the financial training curriculum that I've used to train hundreds of employees. So for now, please enjoy this episode on open book management for craft breweries. Today, I want to talk a bit about open book management for your brewery. So we'll start with some basics about what open book is, what it isn't, and talk about maybe some reasons why you might consider it for your business. We'll also get into a bit of the philosophy and some of the key terms. Next, I want to talk about how to evaluate, kind of do your homework on whether open book management is right for your brewery, because it really isn't right for everyone. Certain conditions have to be present. And we'll talk about the things that you'll get from open book and what you have to give. And I will share some resources with you, some books that I've read uh, that I found really helpful. And we'll dig in a bit on the actual implementation. How do you put this into practice? You know, how do you get started? What are the key steps? And importantly, how do you do training, right? So we have a lot of financial training we have to do, financial literacy training, you know, teaching people how to read the financial statements, the income statements of the business. And we'll talk about business literacy, you know, really understanding kind of the bigger picture, the industry in which we operate, the market. Um, I'll share some objections and roadblocks that you may face uh, with open book because the reality is that not everybody wants to do this. Um, it has a lot of benefits, but it does require uh, some new and different work, some new and different thinking, and not everyone wants that. Then we'll dig into the bonus plans. How do these things work? Uh, they go by many names, stake in the outcome, with them, what's in it for me and so on. But the bonus plans are really critical to the whole process because really it's about rewarding employees when the brewery business does well. So starting points, open book management. What is this thing exactly? I like to think of it as a system that we can use to share financial information with everyone in the brewery 
so that we can make better decisions and ultimately create a stronger, financially healthy business. It's really about open and honest, transparent communication, and it involves these four elements. First, training employees in financial literacy so they can read and understand the financial statements. Financial literacy is the ability to read in numbers. So we think about literacy, the ability to read in words. Financial literacy, the ability to read and understand. Number second is to empower employees to use their financial literacy skills and use financial information to make better business decisions. Third, trust, trusting employees as business partners with confidential proprietary company information. And we'll see many themes running through Open Book. Communication is super important, financial training, uh, but trust is right up there at the top because we're talking about sensitive information and there has to be trust. We have to trust our employees, we have to trust the system. And ultimately, employees have to trust management and ownership that they're going to live up to the philosophy of open book, that they're actually going to pay out a bonus. You know, So there's, the trust works um, two ways, really. And fourth, rewarding employees fairly for the brewery's success. And that that's what we'll talk about with bonus planning. So the goal with all this is to get folks to think and act like business people, think and act like owners. So that's a bit about what Open Book is. Let's talk about what Open Book is not. One thing I'll tell you is that it is not easy. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it's also one of the most rewarding. So I think going into it, you've got to have your eyes open. It's going to take a lot of time, money, effort. You're going to have to overcome a lot of obstacles and objections. So what Open Book is not, it is not easy. Furthermore, it's not a fix-all. It's not a f- magic bullet, um, and certainly it's not a substitute for a good business plan, for a strategy, for your mission, for your goals, for your objectives. But once we have those things, Open Book is a great system to get everybody pulling in the same direction because we're continuously, all of us, continuously reviewing and discussing our goals objectives, and strategy. So why might you consider Open Book? There's many reasons. Here's just a couple uh, that might resonate with you. First, if your business is growing really fast, you know, maybe you're adding employees, you're expanding to new markets, new products. And this was our situation uh, when we implemented Open Book is, you know, things were, were growing like crazy. And we, it was a real strain on management to try to be everywhere and do everything and then uh, the switch went off and we're like well why don't we try open book to empower employees or train them reward them for positive financial and operational results so rather than it being management management's job um, it was really everybody's job so that old saying many hands make light work so a growing business that might be one reason to consider it perhaps you're having financial issues in your business you know, Open Book is that system to get everyone focused on the finances and making decisions in the best financial interest of the business. So this might seem like a strange one. I hear it a lot where people are like, well, I don't know if I want to do Open Book right now because things aren't so good and I won't be able to play it, pay out a bonus and people will get frustrated. I think one of the things that's interesting about Open Book is it really asks us to treat 
our employees, treat everyone like adults. So if we've got a problem in our business, perhaps the natural reaction is that we want to hide it. We don't want to worry people. We don't want to scare them off. Oh, they'll leave if they see things are bad. And that's true. Some people might. Um, but this is our reality. So if we've got financial issues, you know, really opening up and saying, look, we need everybody's help, uh, that can be a really powerful way to get yourself back on track. Now, again, it's not easy because you've got to train folks financial literacy. We've got to share information and have that trust. Um, but again, you know, there's a great line from Jack Stack. He wrote The Great Game of Business, and he says, when you appeal to the highest level of thinking, you get the highest level of performance. And I just think that's so cool. Another reason you might consider open book is cultural or morale challenges. So culture or morale challenges. So one thing about open book is it's very good as a communication tool. And I find a lot of times if we've got culture or morale issues, it's a byproduct of poor communication. So employees just don't know what's going on. You know, maybe there's a lot of closed doors. What's going on in those meetings? They're talking about me. They're talking about how to ruin my life. Who knows what it is? But very often, when we don't tell employees what's going on, they'll make it up, and it's usually far worse than what the reality is. So if you've got some morale challenges, open book could be a way to help you out. So in the evaluation stage, uh, there's a couple things we want to do. One is we want to just determine, ask a few questions. Is it right for our brewery? Because we may go through, you know, the initial basics and say this looks interesting, but there's just some thoughts about some homework you can do to determine is it right. And then I want to talk about what you get from it and what you're going to have to give. So in the evaluation stage, um, really, again, coming down to due diligence, doing your homework, so talking with, um, people in your brewery. Talk to ownership, management, key employees, and really just see if people are receptive. You may find that some people have done open book before, and it's very interesting, I think, to get their perspective. You know, did it work? Did it not work? What was, what did they like or not like? So we can l learn from that, obviously. If it's something that's worked well, maybe we can replicate that. If there were problems, maybe we can avoid it. So really just being you know, starts with that open, honest communication. This is something we're looking at. We'd really like to do it, but we want to get everybody's input. So it is a discovery process. Um, you know, the other thing with it is evaluating, I guess, the passion of your employees. And we talk about this thing called the GAS factor, G-A-S, and this stands for the give-a-shit factor. You know, how much do our employees care? And I've found that, in my experience, brewery employees care a heck of a lot and this gives them the vehicle open book management gives them the vehicle to really channel their passion into helping improve the company so if you have that really high gas factor that might be an indicator that open book might be right in your business so next what do you get what are some of the benefits from open book and i'll give you three. First is employees feel like partners in the business so we're sharing information we're sharing in financial rewards and treating everyone like an owner. Second, employees are empowered. And it's all about empowerment, right? We want to feel like we belong, like we're making a difference. Um, and this allows employees to take part in decisions that affect them. And third, it can help break 
down the divisions that we may have between our departments. We can call them silos. So if we've got production, packaging, admin, taproom, etc. So OpenBook is helping everybody to see the big picture and holding everyone accountable. So again, I want to repeat the quote from Jack Stack. When we appeal to the highest level of thinking, we get the highest level of performance. So ultimately, that's what we get. A couple of quotes here that might reinforce the point, and these are from some of the books I'm about to share. So one quote is that a company needs a mission, a strategy, but more than anything, it needs eager, willing employees who have a reason to care about their employer's prosperity, and they know how to help it succeed. So I found that most employees do have a reason to care, but most employees don't really know how to help the business succeed. They know how to do their job and do it to the best of their ability, uh, but kind of beyond that, maybe they feel disconnected. So OpenBook can help make that connection. One final quote, the only way to get everybody on the same team is to give them the same information and the same capacity to evaluate that information. So giving everyone the same information, that's sharing financial information. That's communicating the key numbers of the business and the same capacity to evaluate. That's that financial training, financial literacy training, teaching everyone how to read and understand the numbers of the business. So what do you have to give in this open book management thing? What is, What are the things that we have to do? Well, as I mentioned, it's a lot of time, money, and effort. It's a lot of training time and asking people to get outside their comfort zone, quite frankly. And that can be painful. And again, some people really do not like that, uh, do not want to do that. So it does take a lot of resolve. It takes faith and trust and patience, a lot of patience. And, you know, ultimately it's going to feel risky. So that's natural, sharing numbers, teaching people different things. And ultimately, you have to believe in your people. you got to believe in the system. you got to believe in the core philosophy. And ultimately, with an outcome goal of creating a culture of business people. So a couple of books, three actually, that you might want to check out. First, The Great Game of Business by Jack Stack. That would be, if you're only going to read one of these, I would recommend that. Fantastic book. Really simplifies the whole process and... Uh, it's, an, it's a very easy read. Second, Open Book Management by John Case. A little more dense, a little more uh, practical, tactical, but an excellent book nonetheless. And third, The Open Book Experience, also by John Case. And in this book, he outlines case studies, lessons from over 100 companies who successfully transformed themselves. Uh, so some, some really great books out there recommend any one or all of those if you're looking at open book in your brewery. So once you've done the evaluation, you've done your homework, and maybe you're ready to dip your toe into the pool, so to speak, and start practicing or implementing open book, here are a few things to think about. I'm going to break this into kind of three buckets. Uh, the team, who are you going to involve and how are you going to involve them? The timing, when do you want this to begin and when do you want this to end? And then expectations. Super important to set expectations up front. What is going to be expected of people? What is going to be required? 
So in terms of team, just some recommendations. There's no one right way to do it, but these are uh, some things that I kind of learned along the way, and they might be helpful for you. So in terms of who to involve, recommend one person from each department. So if you've got um, packaging, brewing, taproom, admin, maybe you've got a sales team, That's I guess that's five. So one from each department who would be represented and representing their respective teams at our uh, weekly open book management meetings. And they don't have to be weekly. It could be monthly, biweekly. Um, weekly seem to work for us. So one person from each department acting as a representative and providing two-way communication. So prior to the meetings, they'll talk to their team, questions, comments, ideas, bring those to the meetings. And likewise, they will bring the information back to their team, uh, the information that occurred at the meeting. So how are we going to involve them? Uh, these folks are going to need that financial training, be included in those weekly meetings, obviously read one or more of those books that I've mentioned. Um, and another idea is to do annual or semi-annual open book management retreats. So really just getting them thoroughly involved in the open book process. What's going to be expected? Think about it this way, and it's, we say, prepare, participate, and lead. So prepare means before you come into the meeting, you know what you're supposed to be preparing for, what you're going to bring. Participate once you're there. We don't want any lumps on a log. You know, you're going to speak, you're going to contribute, you're going to have your numbers and your information, and we all want you to lead when you're there. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Open book really requires that you take the reins, and if a decision needs to be made, you're trained uh, to do that. So other expectations, again, we want folks to bring questions from their team, so actively solicit. What tends to happen is there may be gripes that kind of go on and on, and nobody really wants to say anything. Um, these are the opportunities to say, look, if you, if you have a complaint, if you have a gripe, the flip side is if you have an idea, you know, maybe a cool idea, something you've heard from another brewery, uh, those that this is the stuff, this is the time to bring that forward. Um, so that representative from the team solicit that information, bring it to the meeting, and communicate it, and communicate back what the result was. Next is, you know, timing. Uh, when is this going to begin? When is it going to end? This is really about the structure of these meetings. So my recommendation is to have your meetings on a set day and time and don't deviate from that. So if it's going to be Tuesday, 7 a.m., ending at 7.45, stick with that. Don't change it up. It's really help, helpful to have that discipline and structure. With your financial training, your business literacy training, same idea. Set days and times, begin and end on time. And the point of this is really to be respectful of people's time. So if we say it starts at 7 and ends at 7.45, that's what we do. So that's a lot about building the trust um, and, again, being respectful of their time. We all have other things to do. You know, we don't want to fiddle-faddle around in the beginning of a meeting and get started 10 minutes late, and then we run over, and then people are like, this is, you know, I've got other things to do. So begin on time end on time. And as far as when open book ends, you know, this is intended to be a virtuous cycle. You know, business never ends. Open book is a system that would uh, carry on throughout. Why is this important? I, I think it's important to continually show folks how they make a difference. And I've said this before that, you know, we exist on the planet to make a difference. We really do. 
in our business, we also exist to drink beer, drink beer and make a difference. And open book management really shows everyone how to do this, how, how to make a difference in the business. And we can measure that with critical numbers and show folks how to think and act like business owners. So a real quick example of team and timing and expectations, perhaps your team could involve your general manager, someone from brewing, packaging, taproom, and admin. The timing of the open book meetings could be once a week, every Tuesday from 7 to 7.45 a.m. And again, the expectations of everyone, prepare, participate, and lead. All right, let's talk a bit about training. Two flavors of training that I think are really important and really cool. Business literacy training. This is the bigger picture. This is the 30,000-foot view. And this is stuff we don't often talk about with everyone. This is re usually reserved for ownership and, and upper management, right? When we're talking about the industry. Talk about the three-tier system. How does this thing work? You know, what's going on legislatively? What's going on with the state laws? What are the state laws? You know, what trends are we seeing in the marketplace? Those really kind of cool things. Talk about the company history. You know, there's always stories. There's always information um, that we should be sharing. Really cool stuff. People want to know what they're part of. And talking about the company history is a great way to communicate that. Talk about the business plan mission, vision, values. Make it more than just that poster on the wall, but really say, how does this, how do we live this out every day? You know, what is our strategy? And how does that translate to, you know, what I'm doing every day? You know, if I'm working in brewing or packaging in the tap room, help connect everyone ultimately to our business strategy. So that's business literacy training and really holding those sessions and talking through uh, each of those points uh, can be a really great way to appeal to the highest level of thinking. Financial literacy training, you know, here we're going to dig into the numbers. And the goal of this is to give folks the ability to read and understand the numbers of our brewery. We can also think about this as operational finance, so finance for non-financial people. We want to start with the critical numbers. These are key metrics for each individual department. We want to start with what people already know and then meet them where they are. You know, slowly connect what they do to the numbers, their own personal number, you know, quantify what they do every day, and then ultimately we'll walk it over to the financials, the income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow. But we typically don't start that way. We will scare people off. But we want to start with what they know. We want to go slow, talk about their job, uh, in some cases, we can even talk about personal finances. So if folks have a mortgage or a car payment, and we talk about how that works, how that could translate uh, to the business side of things. So financial literacy, you know, really taking your time with that. Um, super important task. As we're doing our training, one lesson learned for me is to look for those people that are really actively participating, who really are engaged, who really kind of get, they get it. Um, when I started out, I, I was training 20, 25, 30 people at a time, and I was finding it was really hard to get momentum. It was hard to get traction. I was losing some people, and I was going you know, too fast, and I was going too slow for others. So what I found is that do it one or two at a time and train folks in financial literacy so they can be your ambassadors and they can carry the message 
And once they understand how this works, you can exponentially increase your chances that open book is going to kind of take off and, and take root. So rather than trying to do too much too fast, just it's going to take time. Uh, so that's just something to think about is you know, maybe find one or two at a time. I want to share some objections and roadblocks. So once you implement and you get rolling, uh, you're going to likely hear some folks complaining. It just happens. Because, again, we're asking people to get out of their comfort zone, to do some things maybe they don't think they were hired for, uh, maybe they just flat out don't want to do. So here are some common objections objections that I've heard. Number one, this is not my job. This is management's job. I have enough to do. So what I would say as, I, as I'm going to go through these objections is each of these is really an opportunity to reinforce the core principles of open book management, to take these complaints and try to turn them around and use these as teachable moments. So someone says, hey, it's not my job. It's a management job. You know, I'm busy enough as it is. This is an opportunity to really teach about business. It's about empowerment. It's about personal and professional development for that employee who at that moment is feeling probably overwhelmed. So it's to turn around and say, hey, this is about developing you professionally, and I'm here to help you do that. You know, we're not going to do too much at once. Uh, so that's one objection. Another is, you know, you want me to focus on the finances and hit all these goals, but this is totally out of my control. You know, the economy, I have no control over the economy. I have no control over, you know, the weather, and I have no control over this pandemic. And that's all true. So here again, it's an opportunity to show how to bring a measure of control to a challenging situation. So ideas, different perspectives, uh, these can all make a huge difference. Certainly we can't control everything 100%, uh, but Open Book gives us a, a much better sense of control, a lot more tools, a lot more information. Another one is, you know, this is someone else's fault. If we if we miss the budget, if we miss our, there's a lot of finger pointing, blaming other departments, again, those silos. So it's an opportunity to listen, to talk, to seek to understand. And it can be an entree into cross training or ride withs or work withs. You know, we found that very effective, right? If, if one person who's complaining about another in another department, you know, have them work with that person, develop a personal relationship, understand what other people are doing, what other people are, are going through. And again, it's not going to happen overnight, uh, but that could, that could shift the perspective just enough. Um, so you get kind of a toehold in understanding the bigger picture of the business. All right, so let's talk about bonus plans. So the stake in the outcome, the profit sharing, possibly, uh, the WIFM, what's in it for me. So these go by many names, but in essence, what we're trying to figure out is how are we going to reward people when the business does well? So there's two basic questions for you to think about when you're designing your bonus plan. Question number one, what are the goals? Question number two, how do we get paid? That's it. Whenever I've seen compensation plans, bonus plans, uh, pay for performance, you name it, it's amazing how they all follow the same pattern. They start out simple, they get complicated, and it's very hard to understand them. So we don't want to create a bonus plan that is confusing and complicated because uh, then no one's going to follow it. So we want to keep it simple. So I would just say when you feel the gravitational pull of complexity, 
stop, step back, ask and answer these two questions. What are the goals and how do we get paid? So when you think about goals, my recommendation is make them financial in nature and consider having a cash flow goal. Because that way if we hit the cash flow, then we've got the cash to actually pay out the bonus. Very often we'll create these pay for performance that have no relation to cash. You know, we kind of hope they will turn into cash, but maybe they don't. So if you can directly do a goal that is financial in nature and cash flow in nature, pay only when that goal is achieved, uh, then you're going to be in pretty good shape. Other things to think about on goals is we want to continuously teach why it's important. We want to include our bonus plan and how it works in our financial literacy training and in our weekly open book management meetings. Why it's important, how it works, knowing where we stand relative to the goal, providing those regular updates, super important. And also getting input and buy-in from people. Is this is this working? Do you understand it? What you know, if we were to do it differently, how would that so that's about that, you know, that transparency and that, you know, communication. Other thoughts on goals is we really want to find the sweet spot, the Goldilocks approach. You know, not too easy, not too hard. We want to stretch a little bit. Um, and we want to make sure that the outcome is going to be good for both business and employees. Some quick examples of goals, and there are many, many. And as I mentioned, um, my recommendation is do a financial goal, do one, and do, a, do it tied to cash flow. It's just very simple. So one example might be that you determine that you're going to pay out 20% of any net cash flow over a certain fixed amount. And what I mean by that is in our business, we're going to need to determine how much do we need to pay the bills, to set aside just in case there are you know downturns in sales, to reinvest in the business, and then maybe we pay 20% of any net cash flow over that amount. So we want to think about the outcome we want to achieve and work backwards from that. So that's just one example of, of many. And again, I'd refer you to uh, John Case's book on open book management. There's tons of, of different examples there. Next is how do we get paid? So let's talk about a few of these details. Number one is how are we going to divide that bonus pool? So if we have money to pay out, we want to be very clear about how we're going to do that. And there's different ways. You know, we could just divide it equally amongst all employees. That's easy. We could pay it pro rata based by salary. So if someone's making a higher salary, maybe they get a higher percentage. And the thought there might be they're, you know, they're paid more, they have more responsibility. You could pay it based on seniority, so equally but adjusted for seniority. There's many different ways to do it. Certainly equally is the simplest and easiest uh, but the key is to be clear about how this pool is ultimately going to be paid out. Next, we want to think about and communicate when are we going to pay it out. So there's different ways to do this annual plan, quarterly plan, monthly, some combination. Um, there are other plans that I believe John Case refers to as, as fill the bucket. So it's not really tied to a time frame, right? So it's not monthly or quarterly necessarily. It's tied to achieving a specific financial goal. So for example, say we hit our cash flow goal um, at, and the bucket is now full, and 20% over that cash flow goal we can then uh, pay out as a bonus at that time. So not tied to a time specific, um, but tied to a 
achievement of a financial goal. On bonus plans, the other thing to think about is employee ownership. Now, this can get really complicated really fast. And philosophically, some people just are not quite ready to do this. Uh, but we do want to think about ownership and equity in a long-term perspective. Jack Stack, a quote from him, he says, equity is the basis for long-term thinking. And if folks don't have equity, their immediate interest is in the short-term bonus, and that would be the bonus plan. And there's not anything wrong with that so long as we have a good bonus plan tied to a, a good financial metric. So employee ownership is not uh, required, it's not essential, uh, but it certainly is something to think about because as Jack Stack says, equity is the basis for long-term thinking. So I'm going to leave you here with a couple of ways that you could get started. Now, open book management is pretty involved, right? Everything I've gone through there takes weeks and months and, frankly, could be years to get it fully implemented and get it clicking. Uh, so it is quite an investment in time and energy. But you don't have to dive into the deep end of the pool right away. Here are some quick ways that you could think about getting started. And in fact, this first one I'm going to share is how we started in our business. It's called Guess the Sales. So you can think about this like the NCAA March Madness basketball pool. Most people like to do the brackets, you know, fill out the brackets and everybody turns them in and we've got a, a fun little way to have some competition. Um, we can do something similar with Guess the Sales. So we'll have a sheet, like a tip sheet, We'll show some historical sales, maybe our trends, percentage changes. We'll talk about maybe how that could be influenced and what's the likely outcome. And we can layer in, you know, what do we know about sales already? And many people are like, I don't know anything about it. So it's a good opportunity to teach and talk about, you know, how sales are generated. Do we sell through the tap room? Are we selling through wholesalers? Are we self-distributing some combination? So it really gets a combination of a business discussion going and then a financial discussion, and it keeps it pretty light. You don't have to do dollars. You could do cases um, if you want to start out, but it's just a kind of low-leverage, uh, low-stakes way to kind of get people involved. And you can do a little challenge. Say, you know, whoever's closest to the sales for the week or the month, you know, we're going to have some, you know, free merchandise for you, free swag or, or what have you. So that's one interesting way to get started. And you can test the, the level of engagement uh, based on this. Another thing you could do is do uh, guess the expenses, right? So you could take, you know, what are our total expenses for a given week or month, talk about what uh, goes into that, uh, and then include people in sharing some information and then talking about how they can influence the number. So there's any number of ways to get started that are just, they're called mini games. So rather than playing the whole thing, uh, you can just focus on those. So that is a little bit about open book management. If you're interested in learning more, I do have a course, uh, Brewery Open Book Management. I'll provide those links in the show notes so you can check that out, or you can head over to craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com, and I have all sorts of articles and posts and resources all about open book management. So for now, hope you check it out, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. 
For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.